What's going on, everybody? This is Jamal Benny with Prescribed Truth. And today, um, <laughs> I feel like I really shouldn't be doing this video, uh, responding to this topic, but it seems to be uh, prevalent um, in my context and maybe some of yours. Um, but this is a video responding to a guy um, named Brother Polite, um, a very intelligent dude. Um, I've only recently heard of him uh, this past year. Uh, it was um, so he got some videos on YouTube where he challenges people who call, who uh, profess to be Christian, and he challenged them according to some kind of uh, new age uh, consciousness um, type of deal. We're basically um, believing that black people are God and um, black women are God or goddesses and, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of twisted um, and, and inconsistent teaching. Um, from his past, um, but anyway, um, he made a video. Um, he's 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 gained some kind of foothold in uh, the media uh, as of late, and he got a, he got a video on Vlad TV, uh, which I saw this uh, video off of uh, Facebook, where somebody else um, had posted it, and so, and uh, I came across it, and um, a friend of mine shared it on Facebook. That's how I saw it, and, and basically. Uh, it's claims about Jesus that uh, I've always heard before uh, concerning whether you know, Jesus was a white man or not or or anything of that matter. Uh, really, these are things that have been debunked time and time again, have no bearing, have no uh, root in history, no evidence whatsoever um, concerning, like, which makes these valid arguments. Uh, but here they, go, here they are. You know, they keep, they keep showing itself back up again. So... Um, I'm doing a response video uh, to this particular video, not the whole video. The video is like 13 minutes long. Uh, I just want to dispel this myth concerning uh, Jesus as far as you know, white or black and, and his idea talking about um, basically uh, Polite made a claim that Mary wasn't truly a virgin. That basically the word virgin is used in the scriptures is basically meaning of a young woman, not necessarily one who hasn't had sex yet. And so... Uh, I want to go through the scriptures and dispel that notion. Um, there, I, I've had conversations with other people who uh, deny um, the virgin birth uh, as well, as far as the scripture says. And so, uh, let's take the time and, and get some context. Let's, let's read some passages of scripture and let's see if Brother Polite actually knows what he's talking about a little bit concerning um, Jesus' birth. All right. Um, like I said, the video is long. You can check it out. I mean, I'm, I'm going to show you the video as we listen to it. I'm going to go back and forth, and um, you can look it up yourself. You can find it, um, and, and yeah, so we go from there. So without any further ado, um, let's turn to the video, shall we? You know, when you talk about even the, the Jesus thing, you know, when in American society, Western society as a whole, when you see the depiction of Jesus as a white man, as someone who's been to, to Jerusalem, who's been Egypt. to Egypt, in Ethiopia and South Africa, there there are no there are no white people in that region. Yeah. You know, j just based on j just based on the climate alone, it's not designed for fair skin and, and straight hair and so forth. All right. So um, already in here, um, we see a premise, a foundation leading into this, uh, whether Jesus is a, was a white man or not. Um, and I'm gonna you know get to what the Bible says and. And what I would think, of course, certainly what the scripture says about that particular topic. Um, but here, he's talking about um, in Jerusalem and in, you know, uh, in Africa or Egypt, ABNC, there are no white people there. How do you know that, Vlad? Um, whoever, whoever is the host of that show, how do you know that? And Vlad, you know, he said, oh, yeah, no, no, there's no, there's no white people there. Right. Okay. Now, I guarantee you it's not predominantly, probably won't be predominantly white or whatever, but no white people there at all. There's no white person in Egypt. I, I guarantee there are white people in Egypt. Touring, maybe. They're there. You know what I'm saying? Jerusalem, they're there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have Caucasians around. You have Caucasians about everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, regardless of what kind of skin complexion they have or how much melanin in their skin or not, they I guarantee they're probably getting them a nice little tan, but they're there. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of like a, uh, I hate, I don't know the word for that, you know that particular that kind of reason, but I think like those kind of things are just to try to a segue so you can be like, oh yeah, you're right, 
they're, they're not there. So therefore, when he makes this next claim, you're like, he must be right. He must be right. So you're going to see what I'm saying. Just, just bear with me. So there's no way that, that Jesus could have been a white man. It's just not possible. All right. There we go. There's, there's no way possible Jesus could have been a white man. Right. Okay. So now, first off, let me go ahead and say this. No born-again believer, no Bible-believing Christian would ever believe that Jesus was a Caucasian, blonde-haired, blue-eyed man. That is unbiblical and is unreasonable. And anybody who makes a claim like that and who believes that hasn't read the Bible, uh, doesn't know anything concerning history. So for any black man to always throw that as a claim as to the uh, validity of Christianity based off of what a certain people uh, depicted Jesus as is also foolish and unreasonable. You know what I'm saying? I, I can take a picture or I can take uh, somebody I know and make pictures of them and whatever I want them to look like doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it valid. It's just what I want to see them as. You know what I'm saying? So that's what people did with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Of course, you know, they wanted to make him in his in their image. They were, they're predominant at the time. They're, they're, they're supreme at the time. They're the top of the food chain, if you will, at that time. And, and they, you know, this, this, this prominent religious figure, this man that people worshipped, you know what I'm saying, who caused people to go against the grain. You're talking about Rome at the time, who's, who persecuted the church, you know, so because they, they worshipped Jesus over Caesar. They called Jesus Kyrios, and they didn't refer to the Caesar as Kyrios. Caesar was not Lord to them. Jesus is Lord. You know, so, so they make this image of this risen Jesus to make it look like one of themselves it's for propaganda purposes. Make themselves look higher than who they are. Their pride and their arrogance doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it you know, make the historicity of Christ any less sufficient or irrelevant. Or make you know make it or less make it less relevant, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't do that. So to take they make they made a kind of argument. Um, it's just not it's unfair, you know. It's not I mean it's not based off anything that's true. All right. So yeah. So no Bible believing Christian believes that Jesus is a white man. For the umpteenth hundred thousandth time, I couldn't think of no other words after that. No one thinks that Jesus was a white man. You know what I'm saying? Now with that being said. We also know that Jesus wasn't an African man. Yes, of course, he was in Egypt for a couple of years, but he was born in he was born in Bethlehem, and he was moved to move his parents. They fled to Egypt to to run away from the persecution of the killing of the innocents, and then they came back afterwards. So no, he wasn't born in Egypt, and he wasn't uh, raised for a long time in Egypt. He was only there for a few years, a couple years, and he came back. All right. So, with that being said, he was in the Middle East. So, Jesus is a Middle Eastern Jew. Alright? Now, with that being said, considering the region they're in, I mean, it's fair to say that Jesus' skin probably was a little darker complexion. But doesn't mean he was black. Matter of fact, he probably was a little bit lighter than me, if not the same complexion. You know, I'm a light-skinned dude. Even I'm not that light. Even he was probably my complexion a little bit lighter. Probably. We don't know. But he definitely wasn't a blonde-haired, blue-eyed man. And he definitely wasn't a burnt, black, crispy man either. All right? So, and I can say that I'm black. I can say that. I'm African-American. All right? So, uh, that's those are two things we can say concerning Christ that we know for a fact. He wasn't blonde-haired and blue-eyed. And he wasn't burnt and crispy. All right? And he was a Middle Eastern Jew. And really, the complexion of his skin doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter. So what? Even if even if he was blonde-haired and blue-eyed, would that change the fact that he was still the risen Lord? That he died on the cross and dead three days and came and rose again, seen by 500 witnesses, 300 of which were still alive at the time Corinthians was written? Does that make a difference to that? Does it change those facts? Does it change the fact that people still died off the testimony of seeing him risen from the dead? Not that they believed he rose from the dead, but they seen him risen from the dead and proclaimed him to be Kyrios, 
Lord. Does that change the fact at all? No, it doesn't. It should not change the fact at all. But some people, it would make a big difference. Oh, man, he had to be a color of our skin because he cannot be a savior of nobody if he ain't my skin color. That's the most foolish argument I ever heard in my life. But there are people who argue that way. And I think the, I think the reason that it is, especially from African Americans, is because of the oppression that we have suffered in, in America over our centuries, our ancestors have dealt with, and so on and so forth, dealing with the slave trade and all these things, we have need to feel some kind of importance. And because we're in this culture, in America, we call a spade a spade, we are minorities. And by being minorities, we're not top. You know, and therefore, a lot of the things we have, we, we have, we changed from whoever cult, the culture we've come out of and our ancestors came out of, conform to the American culture. You know, our culture was left over in Africa, you know, for our ancestors who came over here. But as far as American culture, we adapted into that because we live in. So we have need to find identity. You know what I'm saying? We want to find an identity. We want to be something. We want to be somebody. You know what I'm saying? And there ain't nothing, nothing entirely wrong with that. The issue with that is that we're all born in a one race, Adam. We came from one man and one woman, Adam and Eve. And through them, all the nations come forth. You know what I'm saying? So we're one race, one human race, right? Different shades of skin, different languages, different cultural backgrounds. But we're all of one race, according to what the Bible teaches. Doesn't God created all? And so our identity is not found in the color of our skin or the region in which we live. Our identity is in God. He created us in His image, the Imago Dei. In Genesis 1:26. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Okay, it says we are made in the Imago Dei. We have identity in God. We're, we're created to be uh, be ambassadors of God in the earth. That's what we were created for. We were created to represent him. We were created to glorify him in the earth, to bring glory to his name. And that's, what, that's our identity. So we should find our identity in him. We should find our identity in Christ. But we want to, we want to worship skin color, right? Sorry, it's not going to make it. It's not going to make it. This right here is going to perish. This is, this is corruptible. When we die, it decays, all right? You shed skin every day. It decays, you know, but we rather worship it. So, that's one thing. That's my little tangent. On to the next thing, shall we? So there are just no white people in that area. Mm. But, but yet, when you look at the, the popular depiction of Jesus, it's a white guy. Long, straight hair, even though it says hair of wool in the Bible. That's and so right. You're going to have black people say it doesn't matter. Okay. All right, so hair of wool. Let's, let's real quick. I, I wasn't going to go here. I did have I did not plan on going here. I promise this is just this is fresh off the top here, because he had mentioned the hair like wool. He's referring to a passage in Revelation, Revelation, and so we're gonna turn to that real quick. I want to say Revelation. So Revelation one, and verse fourteen. Well, I'm gonna start at verse twelve so we can get a con so we get some context. It says, "Then I turned to see the voice." That was speaking with me. Now this is this is the Apostle John. He's seen he's he's having visions while he's on the island of Patmos. He was exiled there as punishment for believing in Christ. Right, all right. So he was exiled on Patmos. And mind you, he was exiled on Patmos because they after they could not kill him after boiling him in a pot of oil, and they didn't kill him. You know, so they said, hey, you know, we couldn't kill him. Get rid of this guy. So they exiled him on this island of Patmos, and this is where he had this vision. And so he says. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. Verse 14. Pay attention. Pay close attention. His head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow. Let me read that again. That's verse 14. His head and his hair were white, like white wool, like snow. All right. So it didn't say his hair was like wool, as Vlad misquoted. You know, and as a lot of people misquote, it said the color was white. His hair was white. Not it was the texture of wool, but it was white like 
white wool and snow. That's what the scripture says. It doesn't say he had texture like wool. I was taught this when I was young too. My dad even believed this. And so I had to, you know, say like, so this is what I was taught. So this was my understanding for years until I finally took the time to read the scriptures on my own. All right. This is what the scripture plainly says. His head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. All right. Then it says his feet were like burnished bronze when it has been made to glow in a furnace. So, so his feet were like burnished bronze. And so people would say that, see, burnished bronze, burnished bronze, that's, that's, that's brown. That's, that's, that's this color. No. If you look up burnished bronze, that has, keep in mind what it says, like burnished bronze when it has been made to glow in a furnace. This is, this is, this is bronze, burnished bronze that's in the fire glowing. That is a goldish, red, orangish color. It's not this dark. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to take the time to read the scriptures, y'all. Y'all can't just believe everything people say. Y'all can't. Y'all can't just go along with everything people say just because it's talking about black people and you want to feel some kind of importance. Come on now. Don't be that gullible. You know what I'm saying? Like, read the scriptures for yourself. What does it say? And then and take it for what it says. That's what he says. His head and his hair were white like white wool. Not that his hair was like wool. It means totally different thing. Two different things, depending on how you how you how you sit there and misquote it, can mean two different things. One is talking about a color, and the other one is talking about the texture. Vlad thinking the texture, the scripture is letting us know the color. Same thing with the feet. So, context, y'all. Context is key. Now, I don't like I said I didn't want to go there, but uh, thought I'd just bring it up because of the fact that he brought it up in the video. And so I thought I'd address it. I've heard that claim before, and I'm going to seem important to go ahead and touch it real quick. So, um, back to the video. Doesn't matter what race he is, but everybody else is going to have a deity made in and after their image and likeness, except for us. Yeah. And then the worst part is, after we adopt the new color, is the narrative accurate? And do we even care? Yeah. All right, so... Uh, claim like I said earlier, uh, basically like I said, like I, I just said, it doesn't matter what color of skin, his color of his skin is, and and polite argument is, well, every other people have a depiction of Jesus in their own color. Why can't we have it? They got it. The Europeans got a Jesus looking like them. The Hispanics got a Jesus looking like them. Black people, we're left out. We need to have a Jesus that looks like us. No, we don't. They don't need that. Europeans didn't need that. They did that because of their pride and their arrogance. Hispanics don't need that. Did it out of their pride and their arrogance. Because they got the same scriptures that we have. They reading off the same ones. The same Hebrew and Greek text is translated into Spanish. And uh, into and, into um, their, into Old English. So everybody can read, understand, and know that Jesus was a, was a Jew. That he was a... A Jew, a Hebraic Jew who was under Mosaic law, born in Bethlehem in the Middle East. Like, they all know, they all got the same scripture. So, regardless of what kind of depiction they make of Jesus, that doesn't matter. So, basically, Polite is just saying, just like, just like a childish argument. They got one. I want one too. We ain't got one. Don't you want a picture of Jesus like you? Hispanics got it. Sorry, I don't mean, and I don't mean to be mean like this, but this is crazy. These kind of arguments that people give all the time, and, and it, it doesn't make any sense. Just stick with what the scripture says. That's all. You don't have to worry about what color somebody have. Like if they if they got a white Jesus up, or they got a Hispanic Jesus up, or they got an African Jesus up. It doesn't matter. The whole thing is the narrative, which polite is now finna address. He's like, now when we get past the color, when we adopt the new color, as he says, we adopt the new color. Like, like nobody's adopted a new color. Like, no, I don't know. Maybe I speak for myself. As a biblical Christian, as a one who just who holds to the scriptures as what they teach, I don't sit there and adopt a new color of who Jesus is. I just believe all the time what scripture says he is. If somebody has a picture of a white Jesus in their house, I'm not going to stone them for it. I'm not going to say, how dare you have a picture of white Jesus in your house? If somebody got a Hispanic Jesus 
in the house. I'm not going to stone him and say, why you got a Hispanic Jesus in your house? The thing is, I, I know that's not the true Jesus. Now, I can, you know, they believe that's what Jesus looked like. I can show them in the scripture to show them what the truth is. You know, prescribe some truth to that era, that diagnosed era, okay? But I'm not going to stone anybody for it. So, I mean, no, I'm not going to adopt a new color. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I adopt what the scripture says <laughs> concerning Jesus. I just hold on to what the scripture says. And that's simply it. All right, so now he says, once we adopt a new color, now it's the narrative that's the problem. Let's see what Polite has to say about the narrative, shall we? To peruse through the narrative. You feel me? Like, if I go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and I see the word virgin there, and they're talking about Emmanuel and Jesus being born, and then I see the word virgin there, and then I go into a Greek concordance, and I look up the word virgin, and then I see in the Greek that the word that they're using for virgin just means an unmarried woman then the virgin Mary isn't necessarily changes the, represents a, a changes immaculate the conception. Yeah. It means a woman who's not who married, not married yeah. who had this child. But, you know, I will get cursed at it, and I'll be disrespected. But I, I will also say, it's not me. In any one of the Bibles you choose to read, if you... All right. So we're gonna, he, he's going to another claim that I do want to touch on. And see, I'm going to try my best not to leave no stone uncovered, yet try not to make this the longest video possible. I'm trying to make this as short as possible, yet try to touch the important parts. All right, so now, um, usually what I would try to do is pull up my screen to have the, the uh, scripture on there. And matter of fact, I think I want to. Uh, I'm going to load it. If, you know, if I can't get it to work, then I'll just stick to what I have. And I just look through my phone and, you know. Now, so I have what on my phone called a, a My Sword app, and on my computer it's an eSword app. And what it does, it has the scriptures on there, but it also has the Hebrew and it has the Greek. Now, you, if anybody who understands how the Bible came to be the Bible, the Bible was originally written in three different languages. You had Hebrew, Aramaic, and Koine Greek. All right, New Testament written in Greek. You had Old Testament written in Hebrew, and some portions written in Aramaic. All right, so. Uh, with that being said, all the translations, I'm probably getting to my next point just by saying this. So, like, every translation we have, English translations as well as Coptic or Latin or any other scriptures, are translated from those original manuscript texts, or those Greek, Hebrew, and uh, Aramaic texts. Uh, during the time of Jesus, they had what they called the Greek Septuagint, which is the Old Testament written in Greek. Um, so, therefore, uh, during the time of Jesus' earthly ministry, they would have had the, the Greek Septuagint. All right, and that comes important dealing with some passages of scripture dealing with uh, the deity of Christ and A, B, and C, um, which is not really that big a deal to get into right now. Just a fun fact for you to know. All right, but so he makes the claim concerning uh, Mary and uh, the, the word for virgin in the Bible in Matthew 1, 23. All right, so I'm going to turn to Matthew 1, 23 real quick. I just want to read this for you. Now, these notes, I didn't write down any notes for this, so maybe I should have, but I didn't. All right. The word for virgin is called Parthenios, if I pronounce that right. Parthenios. All right. And so it does say a virgin. And to polite credit, one of the definitions is an unmarried woman. So I'm going to read to you all the definitions it has for this particular word. Now, these, you got to keep in mind, and uh, English is different uh, from ancient uh, ancient languages like Greek and Hebrew. You know, saying so whereas those words, some words can have multiple meanings. Whereas in English, we only we try to we, we try our best to have one word mean one meaning. You know, what I'm saying like in different like like word two. You know, so we have three different we have multiple spellings for the word two, but each spelling has its own meaning. All right. Here, you can have the word that's spelled a certain way, but based off of maybe a vowel pointing or, or uh, something, or accents here, or whatever it may be, it may mean something different. All right, and given and in this context, given the context it's in. So, virgin, a marriageable maiden, so an unmarried woman, one who's marriageable, so she's unmarried. A woman who has never had sexual intercourse with a man, and then one's marriageable daughter. All right, so once again, an unmarried girl or unmarried maiden. All right, the strongest definition is of an unknown origin, simply a maiden. By implication, an unmarried daughter, virgin. So, to polite credit, a little bit to his credit, the word virgin can mean simply an unmarried woman, right? 
So, but now let's look what the scripture says in Matthew chapter 1. All right. And we're going to start at verse 18. I know he went to verse 23. And, you know, just like a lot of people, we love to just like to pick them little passages of the scripture without reading the rest of the context. You sly person, you. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to actually do some, some scholarly work. And we're going to actually read everything else that comes after that. And I hope you follow along with me. All right. So, Matthew 1, chapter 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, as you mean given in marriage, engaged, not, not married yet, engaged, they betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. So before they came together, so that was the word for sex. Before they came together, before they had sex with one another, she was with child. It says, um, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Now, he was planning to divorce her. He was, that sending her away was divorcing her or, or not wanting to go, continue with the marriage with her. Because, you know, he not knowing what's going on. He's, he's shocked. He's in awe. He doesn't know it's by the Holy Spirit. He just knows that he hasn't laid with her. She was a virgin when he came to her. And now she has a, now she's with child. You know, saying that he loved her, and he's being a righteous man. He doesn't want to shame her. You know, saying because he knows if he does, it could cost her her life. So he does. He plans to send her away secretly. He, he just plans to just go ahead and just let it go quietly. <laughs> but man, he said. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the uh, by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, this is this is verse twenty three that polite refers to. Right? Check this out. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph, and Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called and he called his name Jesus. Wait a minute. So this will kind of take away this idea that this word virgin just means an unmarried woman in this context. Right. So check this out. He quotes a passage from Isaiah, a prophecy written 700 years before Christ came. That there's going to be a virgin birth. So we, now we see a reason for the virgin birth. This is a sign that this is the Messiah who's being born. His name means God with us. Jesus is fully born. I mean, I'm sorry, fully, fully uh, man and fully God. All right, so God with us, Emmanuel. His name means God of salvation. Or the Lord is a Lord of salvation. And so it says that... Uh, Verse 24, and Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. So now it's, it's not bethrall. He Now he's married to her, but he kept her a virgin. See, kept, look, it'd be no need to say he kept her a virgin if they wasn't married. Don't need to say that. They weren't married. He doesn't need to sleep with her. That's, that, would be, that would be sin. It's not a sin to sleep with her when they're married. But he chose not to lay with her until she gave birth to the child. So let's let us know. That she still was a virgin. He planned to keep her a virgin until the birth of the child. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that she, the virgin here is just an unmarried woman. It's also meaning one who has not yet had sex. Because now she's married and she has not yet had sex, being kept a virgin until the baby Jesus came forth. So now to add a little more to that, let's go to the book of Luke. The other narratives of Jesus' birth. Let's see what let's see what Sir Luke got to say about all this. So if you go to Luke chapter one verse twenty six, now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, and of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, "Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you." But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb 
and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? Wait a minute. How can, so what is she telling her? Telling her, you're going to bear a child. And she says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. I haven't yet had, I have yet to lay with a man. How am I going to bear a child? And he gives, he tells her, so this had nothing to do about being, it has nothing to do about being married or unmarried. It's about her having a child. Mary's smart. She knows the anatomy of the body. She knows that I can't have, I can't naturally have a baby without like having sex. So the spirit, this, this angel tells her, he says, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. All right. So that's what he tells us. So this, has, this has nothing to do with being unmarried or married. This is about. Uh, one who is uh, a virgin because they haven't had sex yet. So this kind of dispels that little notion from polite thinking that, well, you know, virgin just means an unmarried woman. So it's basically an unmarried woman with a child. Well, if I say that, I get, I get, I get, uh, I get stoned, I get cussed and stuff. And all you want, I just simply look at you like you're crazy, and I just, hey, let's read the scripture. Like, if you really believe it, let's actually read what it says, you know, and not take things out of its context, shall we? All right, so that dispels that little myth, and I hope that helps you a little bit. Now, this next thing he mentioned here is about the Immaculate Conception. Now, the Immaculate Conception is not a Christian uh, doctrine. we got to keep those things separate. The Immaculate Conception is a Catholic doctrine, which basically means, and you know, and any of you out there who know more than I do concerning this, feel free to comment, feel free to share your thoughts on this. But the Immaculate Conception, as I understand it, is a Catholic idea that Mary, because she was the mother of the of the uh, of the whole, mother of Jesus, because she was because she was a mother of this of this fully God and fully man child, that she herself was pure, that it was the it was an immaculate conception. All right, so the immaculate conception is not about Jesus. The immaculate conception is about Mary. All right, so we gotta keep that we gotta keep that understanding. It's about Mary. No Christian, no true Christian who follows the Bible believes that Mary was without sin. She was also a sinner. She was a sinner like everyone else. But Lord favored her, just like he favored Noah, just like he favored Abraham. Nothing special about these people in and of themselves. The Lord found favor on them. This was how the Lord decided to choose who he was going to do his work through. And Mary was the one who was the vessel that God used to bring forth this God child. All right, so that's how that is. All right, so now um, I'm gonna keep this right. This brief on that. I'm not trying to talk about Catholicism and all that stuff, but that's a that's a Catholic idea. That's not biblical. It's not what no Christian holds to. So the Immaculate Conception, uh, the Immaculate Conception, uh, is irrelevant to this discussion. Polite, you should understand those things. That's like do some stuff, do some research on what Christians really believe. Um, it'd be very helpful. All right, so now. Let's continue with the video. Uh, I want to. I'm gonna backtrack a little bit because he start talking about like whatever you want to, whatever version you want to believe or hold to. So I'm gonna back it up a little bit. We're gonna touch that, and we probably just bring this video on to a close. All right. Get one in the Greek that the word that they're using for virgin just means an unmarried woman. Then the virgin Mary isn't necessary. Changes the represents a, changes a the conception. Yeah, it means a woman who's not, who married. Is not married, yeah. who had this child. But you know, I will get cursed at, and I'll be disrespected. <laughs> but I will also say, it's not me. In any one of the Bibles you choose to read, if you get one that has a corresponding concordance, you can look up the concordance number, and you can see what the words actually translate to be. Right. Okay. So. Boop, boop. Back it up. All right, so, yeah, so whichever Bible you want to read, there's only one Bible, polite, and anyone else, there's only one, only one, and you have different versions, versions of Bibles, 
and basically you have different English versions and you have other languages versions uh, but there's not they don't they don't have different readings as far as what they teach you know what I'm saying you have old English translated you know what I'm saying you have old English then later on somebody somebody messaged me you have old English and then you have later on they took those same Hebrew Aramaic and Greek manuscripts and translated into modern English that we can understand it. Nobody took the King James and took the King James and translated from the King James to modern English. They took from those same manuscript copies and gave us the translations we have today. Same thing with Coptic, Syriac, and Latin. All those translated from the originals or the original copies or what have you and so on and so forth. Nobody took a Syriac copy and translated into English. Nobody took a Latin copy and translated it into English. They took the original Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek manuscripts and translated it into English. All right, so the versions, basically we have different versions because either one or two things, money and people want something easier to read. That's all. It has nothing to do with um, they're trying to, somebody trying to fool you, trying to get over on you, what's being taught in the Bible. Excuse me, all of it's clear. You know what I'm saying? It's all the same. All right, they're teaching the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And so... There you have it. Uh, now, the only exception to that is what the Jehovah Witnesses use, which is the New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures. That's not a Bible. I, I refuse to call it a Bible. That is a mistranslation of Scriptures. And so that's the only thing. Now, if you want to have a discussion about that, I'll be glad to as well. Please email us or you can comment or you can, you know, however you want to get in contact with us, it's fine. We can discuss those things. But that is not a translation. It's a mistranslation. In certain places, I can I can uh, I can cite for that. But this video isn't about Jehovah's Witnesses right now. This is about polite and his misconceptions, and not only his misconceptions, the misconceptions of a whole lot of people that I see. All right, so um, that's that. So there, so it's not you know, whatever whatever Bible you want to read from. They're all every Bible is going to read the same thing initially, concerning especially concerning virgin birth. Let's say the same thing. Now, what he also said is something I like. I do encourage people to look into a concordance. People, Christians, believers, those who profess to Christ, please take time to learn how to study your Bible. Please take time to know to understand that this wasn't originally written in English, Hebrew, Arabic, and Greek. And find out what the original Greek uh, word was and, and what that look and you know what it was trying what the uh, author was trying to say. At the end of the day, we want to know what Luke wrote. At the end of the day, we want to know what Matthew wrote, not what somebody thought he should have wrote. Okay? So you want to understand those coordinates. You want to you want to look at a coordinates. You want to look at a lexicon. You want to study because you want to you want to study to show yourself approved, being right being able to rightly divide the word of truth. Alright, so I do encourage you to study. So that's one good thing I say polite <laughs> said out of this video is hey, get your coordinates. Look up the original word and see what it was translated to for the English. You know what I'm saying? See what the writer was trying to communicate. All right? That's important. Like, just like this. I showed, What I showed you, that was from, you know, that showed as uh, a lexicon and, and Greek dictionary, A, B, and C, Strong's Concordance, you know, concerning the Greek word for virgin. All right? So you can see that in its context, it can have a different meaning. But like you said, when we read the context, we see what the, what the um, writer was trying to communicate to us. That Mary was indeed, not only was she an unmarried woman, but she was indeed a virgin because she had not had sex with a man, okay? And now she's bearing a child, sorry. So this is a miracle. So anybody, if you, if you deny this, it's simply because you just deny the supernatural. You say, well, she can't have a baby because she didn't have sex with nobody. Yeah, that, that's not natural. Of course it's not natural. It's a miracle. It's supernatural. You, you know, if you, if you believe there's a God, you've got to believe in the supernatural. I mean, just, it, that just comes with the territory. You can't say you believe in a God and don't believe in the supernatural. You know what I'm saying? Unless you, you know, that, that's just it. So, yeah, that's that. I, I, I hit my rant. Uh, so, here we go. And thus, no matter what, if they say, not in my Bible, that's okay. But in everyone's concordance, it's going to have the same definitions. So, it doesn't matter if your Bible or my Bible is different. Let's look up the concordance number from which these English words derive so we can come to our own definitive conclusion as to what this means and represents. And when we look up the word, the virgin just simply means the unmarried woman. 
All right, so I already dealt with that, but I want to deal with this notion. If anybody, if you come across anybody and they say, you know, well, my Bible and your Bible is different as far as what's being said, just put them side by side and actually read them together, and you'll see. They're about the same. I mean, I got I Right now, I'm reading from an, uh, a New American Standard Bible, okay? So it's not a King James. Uh, for you King James only is out there, you may be throwing stones at me right now. But I don't care. Throw your stones. I got an NASV, all right? And I also have a KJV, and I also got an NKJV, and also I also got an ESV. But if I put all those versions next to each other and read Matthew 1 and Luke 1, when I get down to talking about Mary, they're going to say the same thing. They're not going to say anything different like polite, like incorrectly uh, states and claims. They're going to say the same thing. And you get the concordance, of course. You get the concordance and you see what virgin really means, and you look at we looked at that word for virgin it's going to say the same thing and it's not simply an unmarried woman polite you got to be fair you look at your concordance you're going to say more than just an unmarried woman it's going to talk about a woman who has not yet sex yet so yeah so even then you go and look at the context of what's being said before she knew anybody before she had sex with anybody in luke's gospel she's told that she's going to have a child she says how can this be i'm a virgin yeah now she didn't say how can this be i'm unmarried so how does it be? I'm a virgin. She knows she knows it's possible to have a baby outside of marriage. You know, so yeah, it ain't it ain't supposed to, she ain't supposed to do it. She get stoned for it. She knows that's bad. She knows bad business. She ain't stupid now. Mary's smart. Alright, so yeah, so anyway. Enough on that. I think I hit on that. I think I beat that dead horse. I hope you see I beat that dead horse. And so uh I don't have to repeat myself on that no more. Let's see what else is going to say here. I think that's probably as far as it I'm going to deal with on this video. Um, but let's let's just look and see what else I can cover. What are we going to do with that? Are but, we going to accept it now? That there was no immaculate conception as far as that doctrine is concerned? But then we got to ask, so then where did we get the idea from in the first place? All right, so like I said, the immaculate conception is a Catholic idea. And so, um... As much as I'm going to say with that, like, right, to me, I think that's irrelevant to deal with concerning Christianity because no Christian believes in the Immaculate Conception. Mary was a sinner like the rest of us. So that's why he's bringing up the Immaculate Conception because if it was a discrepancy, then yes, yeah, she would not be Immaculate. She would be a sinner. You know what I'm saying? And so therefore, she would have had, you know, unjustly had a baby. You know what I'm saying? And so then he says, well, where did this come from? And now he's going to go into this whole idea about it coming from uh, Africa and all these other places and A, B, and C. Which is false. There's no proof of that ever. I'm waiting for proof. Nobody ever has proof of anything like that. They ain't going to find any proof like that. Um, we're going to continue the video. I'm going to let him say it for himself and all that stuff. Um, the, the comparisons people try to make between Jesus and Horace and all that stuff is gross. It's, it's all come from one man, Gerald Massey, uh, who called himself an Egyptologist, who was laughed out by every scholar, um, secular scholar and have you, not biblical scholars, not people who held to Christianity. You're talking about atheists who saw his work and knew it was like uh, fraudulent and just uh, misinformation, no citations, anything like that. So you can study that. You can look into that. But that's where all this little other stuff come from. Now, uh, now the question he asked before I paused it, where do we get this from? Where does it come from? Words revealed to us. You know, unless, you got, unless, you can, unless you're going to argue the fact that, hey, Luke didn't really write that and Matthew didn't really write that. You know, and Paul didn't write his letters, and you know, what I'm saying all the prophets in the Old Testament didn't write their letters. None of that stuff was written uh, by their hand. You know, what I'm saying? and if we're going to argue that, we can deal with that. We can deal with textual criticism. We can deal with the historicity of the Bible and the, re the reliability of the Bible and all those things. Um, that's a topic for another day. That's a long discussion in itself, which I love to have. I love that kind of stuff. I love that kind of teaching. Um, I love uh, spreading that knowledge to whoever I will listen. And so, yeah, but I'm going to play this on Rush's point. I'm going to make a couple comments, and then we're going to call it a night. All right, so here we go. African archetypes of conception. Now we're going to have to go back to Egypt. Now we're going to have to go back to even some of the... I'm going to back it up real quick just so you can see uh, the context of what he was saying. Are we going to accept it now that there was... No immaculate conception as far as that doctrine is concerned. But then we got to ask, so then where did we get the idea from in the first place? African archetypes of conception. Now we're going to have to go back to Egypt. Now we're going to have to go back 
to even some of the Sumerian doctrine. We have to go back because this is where these people's information was grafted out of. And then they haven't been given credit for what they gave the world. All right. So now you want to look at the rest of that video, you can. It's, it's on Vlad. You can look up Vlad TV. Look up, you look up Polite. Uh, you, you, your brother Polite. It'll pull up. Now, he's, uh, he's bringing all this. He's saying all this from the Immaculate Conception, this idea of Mary being... Uh, immaculate in her conception and so he's saying we get it from these archetypes of African people like I, I find that irrelevant to really deal with it because we don't hold to back in conception so it's really um, nothing that I really have to deal with that lead, I leave it to the Catholics to deal with that and discuss that with them on that or respond to that if they so choose to uh, but I will say this um, there are those who believe that Christianity was taken from uh, African traditions or religions or uh, mythology, A, B, and C. There are some who argue that Jesus himself was a myth and did not exist. If you do some care, if you do research, if you're just a person who just does research and not just uh, believe what you've been told, you know, saying you know, by biased people uh, who have nothing better to do, if you actually do some homework, you'll see that even secular people, secular scholars, people who do not hold to Christianity, people who do not believe that God is exists, they know without a shadow of a doubt there's that there is secular evidence as well that Christ was indeed a real man who walked the earth, he died under Pontius Pilate, you know saying um uh he was a Jewish man who walked the earth. So yeah, that's that is a that is a historical fact. You can't take that away, you can't change it, you can't revise it. You know saying that's even outside the scriptures. You know, saying now the scriptures are sufficient within themselves. I mean, really, the historicity of the Bible and how it came to be. I mean, it does nothing else you hold to holds a light to it. I don't care if you talk about carvings on walls in Egypt. You can't understand those carvings on walls. They're pictures written by a man, written by people who died off. Those pharaohs do not exist anymore. Yet this word here is talking about a Christ who's still yet living, and this word is yet true. Talking about prophecy, seven hundred years before the birth of Christ being fulfilled in the virgin birth yes a virgin birth we're talking about the death of the messiah psalm 22 that was a thousand years before christ before crucifixion was even invented but there's great detail talking about hands being pierced talking about his clothes being divided people casting lots for his clothing his bones are out of joint his bones are not broken because Jesus bones did not have to be broken when he was on the cross because he gave up the ghost prior to you know what I'm saying so I mean that was thousands before Christ Psalm 22 take the time and read it the very first line in there should throw you the very first line in there says Eli Eli Shabbatini my God my God why have you forsaken me and Jesus when he was on the cross he said my God my God why have you forsaken me? And some people say, well, Jesus cried out to God. He's, how can he be God? He cried out to God. I simply say, Jesus was actually referring to the 22nd Psalm. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, if I was going to die and I was going to be, my head was going to get caught off and I started singing Amazing Grace, I don't have to sing all the rest of the words. When I say Amazing Grace, you know the rest of the words of the song. I don't have to say anything else. That's how it was to the Jewish. I mean, to the Jews, they knew the Psalms by heart. They were required to study them. You know, so, so Jesus says, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" He was referring to an old messianic song. You know what I'm saying? And so, which describes his crucifixion in grave detail. Take some time and read it for some change. I mean, for a time, you may actually be surprised. Matter of fact, I also read Isaiah 53, talking about the suffering servant. You know what I'm saying? And then check out Jesus again. You may be shocked. It may, it may enlighten you a little bit. It may cause you to wake up some. Pray for pray God you do. So keep in mind, like this, this all this stuff is not anything dealing with sal salvation. This is stuff just dealing with historical facts and just trying to prescribe some truth to some diagnosed errors. All right. So keep in mind, like Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of God. For all you out there who may hold to this kind of belief, who are running for whatever reason it is, you are running from this Lord. You're running from his, from this Savior. There's one who gave his life on a cross. He died on a tree. He took sin. He took the punishment of sin, the, the full wrath of God, on the behalf of those who would just trust him. And you run from that. One who would give his life for you. You know what I'm saying? The Bible tells us that for a good man, people would even dare to die. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, for, and for a bad person, nobody would think twice. 
But God shows his love for us that while we were enemies, he gave his life for us. You know, so, so, so for you out there who are denying God, who are denying Christ, I pray you would turn from your sins and put your complete trust and hope in the risen Son of God. This, this, this Middle Eastern Jew who came in the form of sinful, rebellious flesh and lived the perfect life that you and I could never live and gave his life as a ransom. You know what I'm saying? For you and I, if you trust in him, if you turn from your sins and put your trust in him. That's, that atonement is not for everybody. Uh, everybody will not die and go to heaven. There will be some who will die unbelieving. You know, and my prayer for you is that you would believe, that you would trust in him. Not, it's not blind faith. I promise you it's not blind faith. There's so much evidence. It's crazy. You have, to, you have to explain the evidence away, which is what a lot of you do. You know what I'm saying? But if you just look at, to, if you just look at your sin, you know something's wrong with you. You know that you're not perfect. You know that's, that's sin in your hearts. You know there are things that you know that's just bad and wicked, but yet you love it. You know, and you know you desire justice even when it comes to somebody else being done wrong. There's a holy and righteous God who is just, and he will give you justice. He'll give you exactly what you deserve, and that's an eternal place in hell if you don't trust in the Son because you would rather, rather pay for your own sins than rather trust in the one who died on the cross for sin. So please, I pray that you would take, take this seriously. You know, I know I joked a little bit on here, but this is serious. I hope that you would just trust and the risen Savior. Don't care about skin color. Don't you worry about with skin color. It doesn't matter what his skin color is. When he comes back, he's gonna be. He's in his glorified body as of now. You know, what I'm saying like, it doesn't matter what his skin color is. The what matters is that whatever skin color he is, he rose from the grave. You know, what I'm saying he rose, and because he rose, he's coming back again. And we're not gonna be caring about what skin color he is. When he comes back, we're not gonna be saying, "Oh, wait a minute, is that you, Jesus? Do you have brown skin?" No. For those of us who are in him, we're just going to be happy that he's finally come. And for those of you who would rather die in your sins, you're going to be, you're going to be, a, you're going to be in utter fear when he comes. I don't want that for you. I pray you trust in Christ. Surrender your life. Trust in Christ. It'll be the best thing you ever do. So, with that being said... Um, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope this helped you in some way. Uh, definitely always is encouraging to me just to get into the Word, and just to be amazed at how true God's Word and how true God's Word is and how wonderful it is and how sufficient it is for everything. So uh, before I go, I want to put my plug in here that you see down here, uh, support Prescribed Truth at www.patreon.com forward slash Prescribe truth to uh, have to gain access to Patreon only content. You can vote on different things, different topics we can talk about. You also get um, be invited to come on our Prescribing Truth podcast uh, as a as a as a um, moderator. You know what I'm saying? You can, we can have discussions, whatever you want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? We can discuss it, be open dialogue. I love the, I love that kind of thing. You can be a part of it, and also in giving, you'll be helping us support others. You'll be helping us to give to others who are in need, and giving tracts to those, giving Bibles to those who need it. And so on and so forth. It's so much that we can do to help one another. So I hope you will support. If not, please, I solicit your prayers. Continue to pray for me as I continue this work and, and, and trying to be a balance and loving my wife and loving my children. Uh, pray for us in that regard. Um, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, you can follow, follow us on Facebook at Prescribe True. And I think that's it. So, in a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribed to you, Brother Polite, and to others, it's truth. Blessings.